Hello there, you're listening to another episode of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me this week I have Mitch. Hello. Uh, It was a pretty disappointing week on the field for City, uh, with a pretty poor performance against Birmingham, Uh, but now it's the international break, so there's no game this weekend, that's why we're recording on a Saturday night. Nothing else to do on a Saturday night when there's no footy (laughs) on, or no football on, so we'll, uh, we'll cover the defeat to Birmingham pretty quickly because I don't think we want to linger on that too much and then we can talk about some other more interesting topics of discussion but 3-0 to Birmingham two wins on the trot before that game that was really giving us a chance to go 12 points clear how disappointing is it to lose to a team that's lost what was it seven in a row yeah ridiculous ridiculous that that hadn't won under Gary Monk yet so and and coming off two wins I thought we were in the clear but no typical city would just when you think like, oh, it's going good now. No, no, they bring you back down to earth and back to reality. Yeah, typical City, exactly. It always seems with uh, with City, when you're kind of expecting them to get the result, they uh, they slip up, and when you think, oh, there's no chance in this game, they'll they'll get the points. Um, looking at the vision of it, I mean, the snowstorm around Birmingham was pretty ridiculous, and it got to a point where you could barely see the players on the pitch, and you think... Um, I wonder if that sort of affected things, whether that the game could have been called off as a result, but obviously didn't affect Birmingham players too much. Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess at the end of the day, we both had to play in that, so I'm not here nor there or that. Yeah, and it sounds as if, um, from a player point of view, everyone kind of just didn't turn up on the day, except for McGregor, who yet again um, pretty much you know saved our, saved our bacon by not conceding too many goals. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a recurring theme uh, this season. Well, in games where we seem to lose anyway, it seems to be McGregor, who who does somewhat, I don't know, just play better than everyone else, I guess. But that that also could be because he does face a lot of shots. <laughs> um, you see the comments but, from him about potentially moving back to Scotland? No, I didn't. Well, uh, well, yeah. So apparently, because he's on international duty at the moment, he was saying... Uh, I mean, there's probably a bit of the fact that he's up in Scotland, Scottish media, asking him his plans after this season because he's out of contract. And he said, yeah, you know, there's that attraction of moving back home out of contract, might get a gig. Could go back to Rangers, I guess. I don't know what their keeper situation's like. But Mm. all signs pointing to the fact he's going to leave at the end of the season. Yeah, that would make sense. Pretty frustrating. Um, We'll talk a little bit later on about what our plans would be for... um, the, the playing list at the moment because it's uh, facing another bit of an overhaul this summer. Um, but we'll we'll talk now about the international players and international games that we've had because we've already had a couple overnight. Dicko turning out for Mali in a 1-1 draw with Japan and then the big one which was Jackson Irvine squaring up against Marcus Henriksen. Uh, and obviously the honours went to Henriksen in a 4-1 win for Norway. But Irvine getting on the score sheet, Henriksen getting assist, good performances from City players. And I think... This might be the first time that a city player, a current city player, has scored for Australia, which is pretty momentous. Yeah, well, I didn't realise. Yeah, well, I just had that thought today, and I thought I think that must be right because I don't think Garcia would have scored for Australia while he was with City, and if he did, I mean, mm. maybe he did, but yeah, I'll give the honour to Irvine. Yeah, yeah, well, he's well taken too. Good, good little header there. Um. Yeah, well, I only, I only saw the highlights. And was was Henriksen's goal the one where Matt Ryan had the poor clearance or uh, assist? Sorry. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess disappointing all in all to get smashed. Um, but nah, good for City players. From an Australian point of view, um, 
what did you take out of the performance this morning? Um, is it sort of, I, I know there was a bit of an experimental lineup. We, you know, people might look at it and say, well, Moy and uh, Yedinak and Ryan all played, but you look at, you know, Naboot starting up top, Petrados out wide, which I actually, to be honest, thought was a bit weird. I would have thought you'd flip them around. Um, you know, uh, Dejanek and Milligan at centre-back was a bit weird as well. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was definitely just an experimental thing. Um, yeah, I don't think when it comes to the big stage, I don't think he'll be starting to boot up front. But, you know, <laughs> while, while it's a friendly game, you might as well give them give them a go. Uh, so we've got a few. Oh, actually, of course, there was another City player who's already played an international game with uh, Harry Wilson, birthday boy, making his uh, full Wales debut two nights ago and scoring an absolute cracker of a goal. Granted, it was against China, but still uh, very impressive, very well-taken goal. And uh, just, you know, he's going from strength to strength. And I think our chances of getting him back next season are going getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm talking to all my Liverpool mates about it and they're seeing him go and they, they're asking for him back. I'm not sure where he'd fit into that side, obviously. Oh, yeah, but... and that's the thing is, I mean, from his point of view, for his development, I just don't... See, I was talking to a Liverpool mate myself, and even he agrees, you know, as, as well as he's going, he's not going to be ousting no, Mane that... or Salah. So from his point of view, for his, for his development, if he's playing 10, 15 games for a season for Liverpool, compared to, you know, 30 or 40 games for whether it's, you know... Uh, Cardiff coming up from the championship, which I guess would be perfect for him being Welsh, or whether it's, yeah. you know, staying back in the championship with the City or someone similar again next season, I think that's going to be a whole lot better for his development. Oh, definitely. I, But yeah, I, I think he's played too good to, to play for us again next season, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Another couple of City players who might square off against each other are Ainer and uh, Grzycki, who I, I guess they'd both um, be pretty regular starters for their national side, so decent chance of that happening um as well as Myla being selected to play for Ireland and and as we've already touched on McGregor for Scotland and uh Larson for Sweden so there's a I think 10 players all up um selected for international duty from the city squad well Poland played Nigeria last night actually ah, and neither of them got on the pitch so they what sorry neither of them got on the pitch so, Great yeah. call from Alex there, yeah. No, <laughs> like, they must have been playing experimental sides themselves. I'll uh, save myself a bit of face there. but um... <laughs> um, Yeah, well, it's, it's good to see 10 players out getting selected for their na uh, international sides. Um, and I guess for the players left behind, might see them turn out for the under-23s like I think we did last time um, we had an international break. Yeah, and it's also kind of funny. The last few seasons we've seen like a large... A large Scottish group, or or a large Irish group, like when we had McShane, Mylar, um, Brady, like when we had all of them, and they'd all go to the same thing. But this time, there's not one duplicate. And like even weirdly, all... I mean, last season I think we had three Norwegians. We had what, yeah, Hitch yeah, no. Henriksen, Diamande, and um, Elad Dalawi all getting selected for Norway. Yeah, that that's right. And uh, <laughs> this is the first time in in a while that we've not had like that sort of thing going on. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's it's crazy when you watch the um, the Ireland side run around at the moment and you think so many of those players, ex-City players, you've got Shane Long yeah. up front, Brady out wide, Myler centre midfield, McShane sometimes playing centre-back, um, probably a couple of others that have, you know, slipped my mind, Quinn, you know, Quinn if he gets into the team, players like that and you just think, geez, you know, so many have come through City, obviously a lot now playing for Burnley, but um, I guess that's the cycle of things. Yeah. 
I guess Wales is probably the only one that we haven't had a, a big contingent from. So another point in favour of trying to get Wilson back on loan next season, if we could. Um, yeah, we might nick Gareth Bale as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Well, there was a while there when we were getting all of the um, Spurs players, I thought it was a big mastermind strategy of if we had, you know, Huddleston, Livermore, Dawson, all these guys could lure Gareth Bale across and say, you know, come play with all the Spurs mates, but no, not much chance of that. Um, speaking of player retention and, uh, you know, getting Wilson back on loan next season and stuff, we thought because it's the international break, we'd do a bit of a uh, hypothetical situation of uh, if we were in the owner's shoes come the summer, what we would do with the squad, how we'd sort of manage it and get the players um, sorted out for the next season. Because uh, we had, you know, no game to look forward to for next week. We thought it'd be a good topic of conversation. And I think you and I might've actually been spitballing this last week, which kind of prompted me to, to think this up. Um, Alum house account. So the club, the, the, the company that, you know, the Alum's own that sort of is the, uh, yeah, company entity that runs the club essentially, um, turned a profit of about 53 million pounds recently was announced in their, uh, annual statements, bit of a boring, financial jargon there but you could loosely say that with the 30 million of parachute payments coming in potentially you say okay well we'd have a budget of about 60 million for next season um assuming you know maybe 30 million of that goes to the players wages you say okay so we've got 30 million left over you could look at that as say well that's our budget for the transfer window any players that come in come out would have to sort of adjust on that um it's interesting when you look at the breakdown of the squad uh we've got Five, I think, or four players with their loans ending this season. Hector, Aina, Tamori, Wilson, with another, you know, dozen players essentially out of contract in Claxton, Clark, Dawson, Diamande, Hernandez, Larson, McGregor, Myla, Odebajo, Oli, Vernon, <laughs> Lenahan, Lua. Like, the list just goes on. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and then even when you look at players with a year left on their contract, it's Evandro, Henriksen, Keane, Marshall, Mazouk, Weir, Campbell, and Mannion. Uh, and basically the only players with any sort of long-term security at the club are the players that we've just signed or signed in the last couple of months, and that's Grzycki, Stewart, Dicko, Irvine, Kingsley, Terrell, Bowen, and McDonald, and that basically rounds out the squad. Um, we sort of pose the hypothetical of what you would do with those players and how you would um, set the club up for the start of next season. I figured I, I'll start, because I so had to think about this during the week and kind of ended up writing about half a page on it, so I'll try and skim over it so it's not too boring for the listeners. But um, it, it's kind of funny when you, you write it down on paper and obviously there's a lot more complexity that goes into these player negotiations and you can't just say, oh, yeah, you know, sign Hernandez on a 10-year deal, sweet, we're sorted for a striker for the next decade and how, whatever division we're in. But, um, you know, kind of assuming that the players are reasonable people, um, my strategy would have been player that we were talking about just before with McGregor, instantly you offer McGregor a, two, a new two-year two deal. Hernandez, I'd offer a two-year deal with an option that if we don't get promoted next season, he could leave on a free contract, essentially. So you're essentially getting another year out of him um, to try and basically say, look, we're going to go for promotion this year and we're going to really mean it. And if you stick around, you'd obviously be a huge integral part in firing us up the table. Um, of the other players out of contract, I think Otabajo probably deserves a new deal. He's shown enough if he can stay fit and get on the park. Uh, and then Myler as well, just for having leadership around the club, even if he's not playing week in, week out, reduce his wage, give him an appearance bonus if he plays, and that's probably enough for him. He's happy to stay at the club. 
Burton, Clark, promising youngsters, probably signed Clark on a long-term deal. And that basically sorts out all of the out-of-contract players. I mean, you'd basically end up with Dawson leaving. He's already pretty much committed to Forrest. Diamande, probably not good enough. Larson, as, as you know, useful as he'd be as an old head, he's probably getting on a bit. Ollie, Claxton, Lenahan, Lua probably haven't made the grade. Um, of the players with a year left on their deal, I'd say you'd offer a new deal to Mazouk and Mannion because they've also shown enough, I would think. And then you'd look to sell players like Evandro, Henriksen, Keane, Marshall and Weir who just haven't shown enough. Or in the case of Evandro just haven't got on the park, just try and get some sort of um, profit, well not profit, but just some sort of money back for him. Um, and then just keep Campbell. I don't know if he's someone that you'd offer a new deal with to yet. I think he's pretty happy just sort of stewing along, maybe offer him a, a new one-year deal. Um, and then of the rest, I reckon Irvine, Terrell and Bowen, clear quality players that you'd want to stick around the club, offer them deals that would take them up to five-year deals. And I'd probably look to sell Grishicki, Stewart and Kingsley because I just don't think Stewart and Kingsley in particular have shown enough for what we brought them in for. And Grishicki clearly doesn't want to be here. So while we can make some money on them, make some money on them. And if we can bring in about 15, 20 million pounds for all those players that I was looking to sell, you can reinvest that in strikers, centre-backs, who we definitely need, uh, and some full-backs as well, as well as wingers. And as, as much as that's a large group of players that you're looking to bring in, if you're only replacing maybe three or four players from your best 11, and you've re-signed all these players to longer-term deals, all of a sudden, we're going into next season, and the only player who'd be coming out of contract at the end of that season would be Campbell everyone else would be on longer-term deals. You either offer Campbell a one-year extension, um, see how he's going, and then just bring in this policy that, you know, if a player gets to two years left on their deal, I've been saying this for years, if a player's coming into two years left on their deal, you sit down with them and you talk to them and you say, well, what what do you want from your career? Like, where, where are you sort of seeing your ambitions? We would love to keep you at the club if they're playing well. We would love to keep you at the club. We're going to offer you a new you know, one or two year extension on your deal to take you up to a three or four year deal. If not, you look to sell them. You know, when they're coming into 18 months or a year left on their deal, you look to sell them because you know that you're not going to get a new contract out of them and you don't want to run it down to no months left and they're leaving on a free. Um, the way that the club at the moment is basically just saying, well, we don't rate this player or whatever. We're just going to run their deal down. Yeah, sure. It means you get that extra 12 months out of them, maybe from a Myler or a Dawson you're getting 12 months out of them that you wouldn't have got if you'd looked to sell them. But if you look to sell them, you bring in a bit of money um, and you can reinvest it if, if they don't want to stick around. But, you know, in the case of Myler and Dawson, I'm sure they'd love to stick around. And they'd probably accept that they'd have to take a smaller wage because they're not playing as well or playing as much as they used to. Um, it's just, you know, me sitting there in an hour or something just sort of spitballing what I would do with the squad, how I'd deal with it. As I've said, it's obviously not this straightforward in practice, but just in terms of a very simple policy for offering new contracts and how to deal with players coming out of contracts so that you've got this rolling situation of every 12 months, you sit there and go, ah, these players have two years left on their deal. We're going to try and give them a new deal or we're not. We'll look to sell those players in the next six to 12 months so that no one gets to the point where, as we are this summer, you've got... I rattled off the names. You've got like 12 players coming out of contracts and all of a sudden you're losing some pretty valuable players for free. Anyway, that was my thoughts on it all and it's a bit of a ramble and um, um, yeah, maybe a bit complex or whatever, but I don't know if you had any thoughts to add to that. What would you do, Mitch? Any Anything that you would do differently? Any players that you'd maybe offer contracts to or, or look to sell? 
Uh, well, firstly, um, I've not thought about it as intently <laughs> as you, so I don't have that. No, much that's to... fine. That's fine. Um, and a lot of it would just be repeating as well. Um, of the four loanees, I would I would let all of them bar Harry Wilson. I wouldn't bother with Hector, Ayano, or Tomori. Um, but I, I think we gotta gotta have a massive stab at Harry Wilson getting him back because he just he's only what was he nineteen twenty twenty I think yeah oh, twenty the other day yeah that's I think so um, so yeah I think we need to do everything we can to to bring him back because then that that gives us that genuine winger that we need uh, even though he is young he he's well, so far he's proving he can cut it in a championship. Um, of the out of contract players, I would, I would offer Clark a deal, um, it, 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 even just for cover, because he, he can play left back and and he can play central midfielder. He might not set the world alight, but and that's the he's... thing. I think I think I'd be looking to sort of move him into central midfield because I think that's where he's most comfortable. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, he, he's not going to set the world alight, but he's he's done a pretty consistently good job thus far, and I think he deserves. I think he's earned. Another contract. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd try keep Hernandez. Uh, I like what you said with the the one the one year thing. If we don't go up, then he can leave on a free. Um, but with for that, we he would obviously need to see a squad like capable of getting promotion. So for that, I, I'm not going to back the alums to to get that squad together to convince Hernandez for for that reason. But who knows? They they might surprise us. Um, McGregor as well. The, the the thing with them though, and you say they might surprise us, and that's the thing. It, it's it was so surprising when um, after a couple of years under Pearson and Barmby, where we weren't really spending much in the transfer window at all, that Bruce came along and suddenly they went, yeah, okay, we're going to splash out two and a half mil on Proshwitz, where we go, oh, hang on, that's like a huge <laughs> yeah. sum of money compared to what we're used to. And they were suddenly splashing all this cash around, and then we go up to the Premier League, and seven million here for Yelovic, seven million there for Shane Long. Granted, the mood around the club is hugely different to what it was, but they do have that capacity to surprise. They could have this mood swing coming into the summer and just go, you know what, um, we don't want to risk relegation to League One. We're going to splash five, ten, twenty million on a few new players. I would, I would be more than happy with something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to hold out hope, but... but Maybe it's the best talking like... that I think that that's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, McGregor's been with us for, for how long now? He's, oh, I must think... be coming up to five years now. Yeah, and, and he's been... like he had the, He had one little patch there for... I, th- I think it was maybe two or three years ago where he went through a bit of a slump. Um, yeah, it was, it was um, right before we got relegated the first time and Harper came into goal because McGregor basically... He was he was having his spell as um, Claudio Bravo where he basically every shot on target he faced, he just let in. Um, yeah. It was like that, that Chelsea game I think we are talking about the other week when we caught up for the uh, FA Cup game where um, the winner was basically Remy just stabbing the ball at him and he just sort of let it in. Yeah, the the one that I recall is I think we lost to West Ham three nil, and oh, I forget who scored, but it, but it was the most basic shot, and he parried it straight to straight to somebody, and it was just it was probably the worst bit of keeping I've seen from him, apart from when he dropped it against Wolves that time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was something. But no, nah, but but all in all, he's been he's been pretty consistent and probably one of our best players over that period of time that he's been with us. So I think you've got to offer him a new deal. I'm not sure how old he is exactly, but. 
he's still he's still thirty. Maybe I at a guess I'd say thirty three. So that's young. Oh, not young, but it's sort of in his prime as a keeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I I think you definitely have to offer him a new deal. Yeah. Oh, Uh, actually, I take that. He's thirty six. So, you know, he's uh, got maybe two years left in him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I, I guess being that old, maybe he, he might take a, a lesser sum of money, possibly. Maybe as a backup if we sign someone else. I'm not sure. But he's been with us long enough and he's been good enough to, I think, deserve another crack. So Yeah, uh, and, that's the th- and that's sort of the rub of it where these players who've been with us long enough to deserve, you know, even go back to look at McShane and Rosinia where you think they they deserve a new deal to see them out mm. until they retire. Rosinia said he was happy to retire with us, go into coaching. McGregor, Myler have said they're happy to stay with us. Um, and the fact they're not even being offered a reasonable deal to do that is just pretty disappointing. Mm. Yeah, immensely. But um, with Myler, I'm, I'm so unsure because I, I don't think he's that great on the pitch anymore. He's, he's had his he's had his seasons or his moments at least where he's he's scored some really important goals. I think it was probably the first year we did our podcast and he he scored some really really important goals and one of some some crucial games or crucial points. But I'm not convinced by him anymore. But in saying that, he's also been with us for a long time. And as you said, even if he's not playing every week, just to have that head around the club and someone that actually wants to be there because. I'm not sure many of them do at the moment. So. Yeah, from the way they played against Birmingham, yeah. Yeah. So just on that basis alone, probably... That was, the, that was the great point, actually. Just Sorry, just to sidetrack onto, back onto the Birmingham game, and it might have been from the Birmingham game or it might have been a few weeks prior, prior to that, where I saw someone on Twitter who made a pretty fantastic point where they were responding to someone criticising the players for not wanting to be there and not giving their all for the club, and they said, the players that you're criticising are Dawson, Myler... Um, and a few others. I can't, I can't. McGregor maybe, and a few others. And I said, the club's shown them no sort of respect at all. They haven't offered them new deals. They've stuffed them around and stuff. You can't really blame the players sometimes for the way that they just down tools and sort of drop their heads because, from their point of view, it's just a, it's a career for them. And the way that the club has treated them, yes, the fans are fantastic, and yes, the players should do it for the fans. But at the end of the day, if you're in a job where your employer doesn't really value you or doesn't show you the respect of, you know, contract negotiations or whatever, you're going to have days where you just kind of feel pretty deflated. Yeah, well, that that's exactly right. I'm not sure how how we can expect them to perform when, as you said, they've been shown no love at all. And because they've been there for such a long time, they, they deserve, yeah. they deserve yeah. the, the respect at least. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good point made, actually. Um... Of the other out of contract players, I'm not. I'm not sure about Autobaja. I love Autobaja. I think he's. I think he's a great footballer. But after all this time he's had off, I'm not sure what sort. Surely he. I mean, that's, he couldn't. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, my, my thinking is just give him a couple, like a year or two, just to sort of see how he gets back into it. Um, you mm-hmm. know, if he's still having injury issues, obviously be very reduced terms of appearance based or whatever, um, and then see how he comes back and if he doesn't then you'd probably look to release him or, or whatever yeah and and thinking i'm not sure any other club would really go after him right might, now yeah he might after, have to drop to like a league one or something yeah well that's right so i i guess that's a good that's a good sell for us he, he could maybe as you said re, on reduced terms to stay in the championship and possibly push to the premier league who knows um 
One different one that I would do is Evandro. Even though he's had his injuries and not played on the park that often, I, I'm not sure he's that great. But I think I think he's when he is fit. I think he can have those magic moments. Um, yeah. So, but I, I guess he's not super consistent and always injured as well. So, um, I, I would be happy to take him on. But if we let, if we let him go, then that would would be okay. Um, the, all the other people with twelve months left, I I don't really rate any of them. Oh, nah, Mazuk, Mazuk's. Mazuk is, to me at least, he's that sort of McShane type where he's a solid uh, backup yeah. option. Like you, he's never going to be your starting eleven centre back, but you know, on a week where your your starting centre back is out and you see him in the lineup, you're not going to be kind of crapping yourself about what he's going to put in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, well, with our current centre backs, he might well be <laughs> our starting eleven, but um, yeah. Um, I would well we got Bowen until twenty twenty I think is that right Yeah well so so Bowen's in that group of uh, two years left on their deals so yeah. I think he's gone until twenty twenty I I've been long of the opinion I think whenever I've questioned it um, questioned why the club doesn't offer four or five year contracts the response has always been uh, well look what happened with Jimmy Bullard and look how expensive that was for the club and I think if the club is honestly operating uh, out of that sort of fear, then I think you kind of have to be reasonable with who you apply that to. I think when you're recruiting a 26, 27-year-old, absolutely, you don't offer them a five-year deal unless you've kind of got a very strong confidence in their fitness and, and all that sort of thing, or sell-on ability. But with a youngster like Bowen, with guys like Irvine, um, Terrell even, I don't know if Terrell really deserves a longer-term deal like that, but Bowen absolutely... Um, they're young kids. They're not going to... They're, they're pretty... I mean, obviously, they could go out tomorrow and get injured, knock on wood. That doesn't happen. But it's not as if it's... You know, you're not going to be offering them 100000 a week, five-year deal, where you're locked into this nightmare of a contract. It's it's a way of retaining your best talent. And it means that if Bowen next year comes out and scores, you know, 25 goals in the championship and we're getting, you know, 15, 20 million pound offers from the Premier League, we're actually able to command that or even hold out for even more... Um, based on the length of his contract, rather than at the moment, even, yeah, granted, he has two years left, and that sounds like a lot compared to most of our players. It's just, you look at like, you look at Stoke last year or the year before re-signing Butland on five-year contract. You look at those big clubs, Everton and stuff, yes, they have the pockets to do it, but I'm sure there's examples of it in the championship as well, and it's, it's just, I just, to me, it just makes business sense to lock down your best assets for as long as possible. Well, that's right, and and with the Premier League clubs, do have they do have the money to do it, and obviously people are looking at him like when we did give him a longer contract earlier this season, like clubs were already looking at him and watching and noticing him because he was playing great and scoring goals, and so basically we we will be able to sell him if if the time comes, yeah. like probably probably the next window because he's played good enough, and Premier League clubs will pay for that, especially the the lower table like your Swansea's and stuff because. They, they lack goals sometimes, and that's exactly what he can provide. Yeah. So they would pay that money, but to only give him two years, then, yeah, we, we can't command, as you said, what what we possibly could. Um, Which is ridiculous when you think, when you look at it purely from a numbers point of view and you look at the goals he scored, you think 
He's actually scored more goals this season, I think, than um, someone like an Asombolonga, who's at Notting... Is he at Forest now? Or Borough? Uh, uh, Middlesbrough, I think. Yeah, Borough. And I think they would have paid in the region of about 10 or £15 million for him to come to them in the Championship. And you think, well, Bowen, having scored more or similar number of goals in his first senior season, yeah, maybe Mm. you hold off and see how he goes backing it up next season. But... um, He's got to command a pretty hefty price when he does go. And he's, he's doing it as a winger. He's not even doing it as our striker. Yeah, and w- when you look at all all the other top scorers, they're all from top half clubs, I guess, yeah. grabbing half counts because he was at Sunderland. But but the rest of them are literally all from top half clubs. Everyone above Bowen, I'm not sure. Norwich, they're, maybe they're mid-table, lower, but I'm not sure. But everyone is above us at least. So like to be doing it at Hull as a winger... It's insane. Yeah, it is insane. And so, we, yeah, as you said, we could demand a lot for him if if we gave him that long-term contract because chances are he's not going to be here much longer if he keeps this up and we're in the championship. But, uh, yeah, well, who knows? I guess to, to wrap up the discussion on a, on a good point, um, do you see – I mean, if we stay up in the division, do you see Bowen sticking with us for next season? And if he does – um, who do you see as like? What do you see as the most important positions for us to sort of fill? I mean, I, on the assumption Hernandez is going, um, McGregor going is an interesting one as well. Do you see Marshall stepping up as the first string keeper, or uh, where do you see us needing to replace players? Uh, well, you know my thoughts on David Marshall, <laughs> and you know I definitely do yeah, well, not. I think we've been very vocal on our thoughts on David Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, well, yeah, well, if Hernandez leaves, then obviously we will need a striker of some sort because goals are goals are the deciding factor at the end of the day. Um, so definitely a striker. Obviously, central defenders, I don't care, like, how many. We just need a lot of central defenders because right now the ones we have aren't cutting the mustard and or, or they're all leaving. So, yeah. Um, Definitely central defenders, definitely a striker, and if McGregor does leave, definitely a keeper. And that's they're the three crucial ones because maybe our midfield isn't superb, but for the players that we have there, comparative to those other three positions listed, that's they're okay. And do you think Bowen will stay for at least the first six months of next season? Um, yeah, I'm not sure that a club would risk it only having played one full season, I suppose. But but as as we said, doing it as a winger at Hull, maybe maybe a club will have a look at that and see that he's only on two years and lap it up. Who knows? But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he'll be with us next season, and then he'll he'll go the year after. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think from everything I've heard from him, he sounds like a pretty level-headed kid. That uh, he knows that he's playing week in week out with us. He's scoring goals. He's he's improving his game. He's getting better. Adkins has kind of said he's got areas he needs to improve on, so he's kind of focusing on all of that. Why make the move now? In 12 months, he could make the move and walk into a starting 11 in the Premier League club if he's, yeah. you know, sets his game up to that level. And I think it's great to see, well, from his point of view, not so great for Josh Tymon, but, you know, for him to see Tymon moving to Stoke, not getting a game and now being found out to MK Dons in League One, it's sort of a reminder that, yeah... The grass isn't always greener to just move to a Premier League club uh, where you might get forgotten about pretty quickly and then, you know, lose yeah. your spot in the same. And then you look at 
the fact that, well, Mark Hughes, who brought, presumably brought Tymon into Stoke, is gone now, so Tymon might not even have a place there under the new manager. So um, I think, you know, sometimes sticking with, you know, your sure thing, the thing you know in Hull isn't the worst option to take, and I'm, I'm sure he's on a reasonable enough wage on that new deal that he got at the uh, start of the season that hopefully it's uh, it's enough to keep him for another season at least. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, thank you for coming on, Mitch. No worries, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. It's been a uh, an international break, so no game to look forward to. We'll be back this time next, well, a bit earlier than this time next week, Thursday night, probably our time, to discuss our, uh, our next fixture in the league. And this time next week, we'll be just about ready for kickoff. So... Until next week. We don't talk about next week yet. I'm, I'm too excited. At, uh, yeah. <laughs> Isaac, been, it's going to be a huge game. It's uh, Yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting one. Second game up against Brucey and uh, hopefully similar or better result than last time. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. As long as that the Hall doesn't <laughs> and, score. Because, and so, and what, what was it you keep saying? Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so my brother goes for Aston Villa if, if I figured no one would know that, but we've been <laughs> at each other's throats for probably a month now, just going on. Um, and I, I've told him 79th minute, Abel Hernandez scores, and we win 1 0. So I'll be riding that home. Well, we might have to get him on next week alongside you to, uh, <laughs> to preview the game. But uh, until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.